Hello, pod people. I'm DA, still alive and still reporting from this year-long quarantine, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we will look at the effects this entire year has had on the millennial generation and take a look at what lies ahead in 2021. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. So what I think the experts have finally come to realize about our generation is that overall, we were dealt quite a bit of a bad hand. We are the generation that came of age during the 2008 Great Recession, which had profound effects on our lives, especially in the area of our finances, since we left school with massive amounts of student debt and experienced difficulty in finding good paying jobs if you were able to find a job during the crisis at all. And so the last 10 years of our generation has pretty much been in recovery mode, trying to have some sort of impact and life we can be proud of. Many of us moved out of our parents' houses, started buying homes, found stable work, and began having families and creating an entirely new generation, Generation Alpha. It was a bumpy ride, but things were starting to look up. And here comes 2020. Lord help me, Jesus. This whole year, right when we were just beginning to see some stability in our lives, COVID-19 swept in and shut down the world. And it hurt many people in all walks of lives and in industries in devastating ways. But the millennial community having come of age in a crisis only a decade later to experience both pandemic and recession all at once, this year has had devastating effects on our generation that may have lasting consequences for generations to come. We got all the way fucked this year. So let's look Look at what 2020 did to our generation. So as we are at the conclusion of this dreadful year, 18 million are infected with the coronavirus and over 318,000 people have died. At this point, we lose over 3,000 people each day, which is so chilling to think. We lose 9-11 level death numbers each and every single day. It is our parents' generation which has borne the brunt of infections and deaths. AARP reported that 95% of all COVID-related deaths occurred in the 50 and older category. This is devastating and tragic as millennials were reporting all over the world burying both parents and additional family members. As for the millennial generation as a whole, we account for about 23.9% of COVID infections and 0.5% of COVID-related deaths as reported by the AARP. Now, millennials were in part blamed this year as being super spreaders. As healthcare professionals noticed, a lot of evidence showed that our generation would be carriers of the virus, but exhibited little to no symptoms. As a result, we would pass it over to the people who were more vulnerable to the virus. Now, we all saw the videos and pictures of groups of young people throwing parties and gathering around beaches and bars and selfishly ignoring the warnings by healthcare officials. And as a result, the numbers of deaths and infections would rise in that area. And there are just no excuses for it. I never said we were a perfect generation and I'm sickened by those in our generation and frankly by anyone who was a direct contributor in the spread and mass death of this virus because things did not have to be this way. 
Although we saw disturbing images of those who refused to wear a mask and listen to the guidance of healthcare professionals, the data shows that actually millennials more than likely spread the virus while working. That is because a good portion of millennials work in both gig and service industry jobs. A study published by Ernst & Young shows that 24% of millennials work in a gig position and approximately 41 to 49% of service industries ranging from beauty salons, security, bars, restaurants, retail, and sound recording are comprised of millennial workers. And outside of the effect this year had on millennials spreading the virus, possibly through work, Many of the gig and service industries were ground to a halt, forcing many in our generation out of a job. Pew Research reported that between February and April alone, about 5.5 million millennials lost their jobs. Out of the 50 million Americans who applied for unemployment, 35% of them were millennials. The Bureau of Labor Statistics confirmed that so far, millennials are the hardest hit generation, and they fear that because we have not fully recovered from the last recession, that this crisis will have devastating long-lasting effects. For starters, many millennials reported waiting months for even just their first relief checks, and some have reported that to this day, relief has not yet arrived. And many of the jobs that millennials have lost might not be coming back, even after the crisis is over. The Center for Household Financial Stability expressed worry that this will have devastating consequences on our generation's ability to accumulate wealth. They reported that one in four millennial families have more debt than asset, or what financial analysts call a negative net worth. All of this is having a profound impact on our lives. More startling, especially since we are in a pandemic, is that 52% of millennials put off getting any medical care this year because of the loss of jobs and rising cost of health care. This includes mental health as well. Millennials are reporting high levels of loneliness, anxiety, and depression. No doubt, this year of loss has caused our generation elevated levels of mental health issues. On top of the loss of our jobs and family members, we saw loss after loss of notable people, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi, the civil rights legend Congressman John Lewis, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and superhero Chadwick Boseman. And for the generation that places value on the need to stay connected due to the loss of jobs and income because of the loss of housing, the Pew Research reported that as of July of this year, a whopping 52% of millennials have moved back in with their parents. And this has made dating much more difficult for a generation that already was struggling with matters of the heart. With everyone in quarantine and the traditional meeting places shut down, there are fewer places to meet and most dating interactions are happening digitally. Dr. Helen Fisher reported that before the crisis, the millennial generation was having less sex already because the majority of our generation was mainly single and studies show that those in relationships have more sex. But now the impacts of the crisis have exacerbated this drought the Match Group, who is the parent company for a lot of the dating apps that you see, including Tinder and Hinge and OkCupid, they conducted a survey of 5,000 users in August, and 71% of the participants confirmed that they had not had sex since March, when we all began quarantine. 
about 13% reported having sex with someone they were not quarantining with, and the 71% of millennials who are connecting through the dating apps feel that they are constantly on their phone and computer, that 39% reported to PR Newswire that they needed a digital detox from the both of them. So overall, our generation is delaying life even more so than before. So for the older generations, you can stop blaming millennials for killing industries because circumstances killed our ability to participate in the American dream or what you promised would be the dream if we essentially did everything right. So I know with all that happened this year, it's hard to believe that there could be any positives that occurred this year. And trust me, there probably aren't as many that we would hope for, but there are some. So overall, in general, one of the positive outcomes that experts keep discussing is that nature as a whole got a break. Millennials are known as the environmentally conscious generation, so this is a plus for Mother Earth. We still have an extraordinarily long way to go, but undoubtedly, the period when the epidemic first hit, we saw factories grind to a halt. And that's when pictures all around the world began popping up on social media of fog and polluted areas experiencing clearer skies, which is incredible. Not just for the obvious reasons of better air quality, but it gave the world and many skeptics a chance to imagine and see what this world could be like if we made some changes to combat the climate crisis. Another positive of the year is that we found ways to stay connected and appreciate those we love. Quarantining for months on end was difficult, especially for those who had to not only work eight hours, but ensure their kids who were also home got the education they needed. And many have expressed gratitude that they could have this time to spend with their families. One major positive of this year, and if you have listened to my other episodes, it is clear that this would be my favorite, is that Donald Trump and his administration were defeated in the polls, largely from the activism and efforts of the very vulnerable communities he would marginalize. And it wasn't even a close election, which is glorious. And millennials played a huge role in Donald Trump's defeat. According to the Brookings Institute, millennials represent 30% of the voting population. A whopping 25 million votes were cast by both the Gen Z and millennial generations this election, with 65% of the generations voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris stopping Trump's reign of fascism and terror dead in its tracks. And honestly, if you have nothing else to celebrate this year, this should be the one thing that makes you proud. Our generation is more culturally diverse and progressive, and as a voting community, we are a powerful force for change. But it doesn't stop there. A whopping 259 millennials ran for congressional seats in 2020, and I cannot be more proud. If we want to have a chance of living a life where we are not saddled with debt, having to delay living altogether, which has devastating consequences on our economy and future generations, we are going to have to be elected to spaces where we can ultimately make those changes. So I ask listeners out there, as you reflect on this year, what did this year teach you? I know for myself that one of the biggest lessons, if we all didn't know it before, is that life is so very precious and it is a constant reminder to value the people in your life, especially since this year we experienced unimaginable suffering and loss. 
Another lesson, and I'm pretty sure we all share this one, is that elections have consequences, both good and bad. Four years ago, when people thought it would be hilarious to have a reality show racist in the highest office, and that Hillary Clinton would have been worse, or that it didn't matter who sat there because all politicians are the same, and you were going to protest vote to prove to the world you were woker than everyone else, or just stay home because life would be the same, well... Y'all are awfully quiet these days as Nazis are storming government buildings, threatening to murder us all, and children are still separated from their parents dying in Trump's camps, and hundreds upon thousands of Americans are dead. You never thought to consider what would happen if a monster like Trump had to respond to a crisis, or what would happen if there was massive unemployment and you were desperate needing assistance from the very people that believe a one-time $1,200 check should cover your expenses for a year and bailouts should go to corporations. But when we organized and when we voted, we not only changed the presidency, we changed the trajectory of this country. That came through voting. We saw through the excellent organizing of Stacey Abrams, Fair Fight, and other organizations fighting voter suppression, including Black Voters Matter. And when we all vote, the state of Georgia flipped blue for the first time in almost 30 years. We now have a chance at fixing many of the issues that plague our nation and have burdened our generation. And one thing that we can be happy for is that the other generations are realizing that the millennial generation is a force to be reckoned with. We are setting the stage for the positive changes that are happening in society. Of course, though, we stand on the shoulders and are the beneficiaries of the sacrifices and activism of the prior generations. But we have become a vocal generation, pushing the envelope further on many issues like student debt, climate change, and racial injustice. So I'm not gonna lie, I'm very scared to even hope for 2021. 2020 was beyond brutal, and I think it is safe to say we are all emotionally exhausted that we don't even know where to begin. So if you take anything into your new year because you can't muster the strength to feel hope, and I'm right there with you, then take love. I know. It sounds corny enough, I know. But I feel that if we get this right, a whole lot of things will fall into place. Love of self and love of others is the guiding force behind change, healing, and reconciliation. Just simply committing to love, and no, this is not that weird, airy-fairy, fake religious shit that you pretend to love someone who is clearly an awful, cruel human being, and you smile and nod and ignore all the horrible, you know, shit that they've done. Nah, this is much deeper than that. A love of self and humanity means that you believe that you are worthy of all the happiness and human dignity and everyone else around you should have that as well. This is the type of love that leads you to be kinder to yourself and be generous to others. No one has to mandate you to care for our earth or to be kind to animals or to listen to healthcare workers. No one has to mandate you to wear a mask and honor the guidance of health officials. You do these things naturally for the good of yourself and the safety of your community and country. If you take on the commitment of love, and we all collectively take this on together, whatever awaits us in the new year, I'm certain love will have a profound effect on how that year will turn out.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition. And I want to wish you all a safe, socially distant, self-quarantine, happy holidays, and all the love and healing in the new year. Looking forward to engaging with you all in 2021.